Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. I'm Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grasso, Brian Kelly, Victoria Fernandez, and James McDonald. Tonight on Fast, pumping profits, energy handing in its best week ever. So did big oil just turn a major corner? We're drilling down on that. Plus, break out your credit card because we are going shopping. The key retail names that need to be on your radar as we head into earnings next week. And later, our chart of the week, why this big breakout has BK feeling less bullish than he's been in a while. We start off with a record-setting day in Wall Street. The S&P 500 closing at a new all-time high, along with the Russell 2000. The Dow is now within 100 points of its own record. The play of the day today, the reopening trade. Cruise lines were up, airlines were up, retail was up. And we're about to get a real read on the consumer when the retail earnings kick off next week. So is the consumer back in business, despite the long list of headwinds that are still out there? Brian Kelly, kick it off. You know, I I think if you look at this as the K-shaped recovery, I think part of the consumer is back in business. I also think part of the consumer is stocking up once again. And so the real question is, as we go into the winter and as COVID cases surge, how does the consumer behave? Is this kind of the last push into the, the time where the consumer locks down? Or is this going to be business as usual and people are going to go about their lives? Now, for me, I I frankly don't know the answer to that, you know, and where the market is, it seems to me that there's not a lot of risk reward to get overly long or overly short because you just don't know what's going to be the dominant factor over the next six weeks to, to two months. Right. I mean, on the one hand, you've got positive news. We just heard from President Trump in the Rose Garden say that he expects a vaccine as well as a treatment to be given emergency use authorization by the end of the year. So that's the good news here. But if you are worried about the second wave and you are in a state where the infections are rising, Victoria, you might be spending your money on toilet paper and canned goods and not be in the mood to buy some cashmere sweaters. That might be true, Melissa, but I think if you look at what we're seeing in the market, especially today, investors are looking past this ride in COVID cases right now, and they're focusing on that positive news, on that vaccine news that we saw come out on Monday from Pfizer. We've got Moderna that we know is any day now going to come out with their phase three information since it's going along the same messenger RNA process that Pfizer did. We anticipate we're going to get good news there. And we've got consumers sitting with savings rates that are higher than their historical averages heading into the holiday season. So the consumer has pulled back a little bit, but I think when you look at a Federal Reserve that is there to support the economy, when you've got low rates going on, um, we've got 30-year mortgage rates yesterday that came out at 2.98%. I think you've got a consumer that is ready to continue spending on a modified basis, and it's going to continue to push the markets higher. Now, Grasso, I know you've been stockpiling cashmere sweaters, but I did want to point out this chart uh, from J.P. Morgan pointing out that Chase card spending has, quote-unquote, fallen notably. In particular, they've seen the biggest declines in states where COVID infections are rising the fastest. For instance, in the past two weeks, they saw a 7-plus percent decline in North Dakota. So how do you factor that into sort of the Fed is on our side and, and all of this good news when, when people on the ground are, are sort of, you know, tightening their, buck, their belts, so to speak? Right. 
Well, you know what's interesting? None of us have talked about the Fed in the longest time. I, I can't hmm. remember the last time I said the Fed before tonight. So I think rates are rising. They're not going to be staying lower. That's why you see the value trade kicking in. But as far as, I, I think there was such a pull forward, Melissa, of products that everyone needed or thought they needed. Now they're sort of sitting on their hands and they want to see where the chips fall. I think that the way you, you kind of square this up, market ripping. But is that just because it was an overreaction because people thought the market was going to fade after the election? I did. I thought the market was definitely going to fade after the election. I was pricing in a blue wave. Mm -hmm. You needed a checks and balance. Now we have that. People had to overestimate what that checks and balance were going to be for the marketplace. I do believe the market has gotten ahead of itself. Georgia, runoff. What happens if there is a blue wave still? There's going to be another over-adjustment. And the market doesn't have the luxury of finding out until January. What does that mean? It means that you have to adjust yourself, and the risk-reward is sell before year-end. And you can always buy it back in January, but you're not going to have that uh, flexibility, if you will, to say taxes aren't going up, capital gains aren't going up, corporate taxes aren't going up. You just don't know until January 5th, so I think you have to be careful in the waters that we're in right now. James, you've been um, proposing for a long time that there would be a major pullback. We haven't seen it, and I'm wondering if the election is now off the table, so to speak, but there is the possibility uh, of a blue wave out there still, then, then do you stand by that pullback call? Actually, I stand by it. Uh, this is a bubble. This market, it will burst at any moment. It could burst from the wave of lockdowns coming, a new strain of the virus, uh, or a delay in stimulus. If we look at where our market stands here, uh, we are at all-time highs, which is 13% higher than we were last Thanksgiving, where we had reached all-time highs, and then 5% above February highs pre-COVID. It implies that this market now and going forward is stronger than it was pre-COVID, which is simply impossible. We also have, have to understand we had slowed down. Although we've touched this new high today, we've had two 9% pullbacks in the previous six weeks, uh, which was the first sign of weakness in this market since the March lows. We do expect a third pullback before you're in. A 10% will get us to about 32.50, which would be 10%, which we've touched, as I said, twice already in six weeks. Um, and we think if we don't hold there, we're going to see 3,000, which would be a 20% decline from here. And so we absolutely still hold that true. That's quite a call. Um, James makes a lot of good points, Victoria. But at the same time, can, can you argue that the market's seeing all these things already in terms of climbing COVID cases, in terms of a delay in stimulus or maybe even no stimulus until, until January or February, that we're actually climbing a wall of worry that the market is actually digesting all of these things and taking everything in stride? as opposed to what James is predicting, which is a 20% pullback. Yeah, I mean, I hope James is right to an extent, and I think he is. There's, there's continued volatility in this market. We still have uncertainties around the election to an extent, around COVID, so we're not gonna be surprised to see a pullback. I'm not sure 20% is what we're looking at, but we would actually use those as opportunities to buy some of those secular growth names that maybe have been on your wish list and they've been those um, high flyers you haven't been able to add. Use this as an opportunity to put them in your um, portfolio. Look, the fundamentals still look pretty good. 
you've got unemployment continuing to improve. When you look at manufacturing, it's continuing to improve. You've got businesses saying inventories are low going into a holiday season and they're gonna add. You have ISM numbers where it's across the board good in production and new orders. So I think the fundamentals are strong enough to carry us through, even though there may be some volatility. So I'm more optimistic than James is going into the end of the year. But I guess the question going into next week with the slate of retail earnings, Brian Kelly, is do you bet against the consumer? I mean, if we're all stuck at home and the pandemic is miserable and we're months and months into this thing, maybe you will splurge on those presents to get the tree all nice and filled out on the bottom. Right, and maybe you already have, and that's going to show up in the earnings reports that we're going to see next week. The question is then, is that as good as we get, and do we get a sell the news type of event? And again, I just think, you know, listen, I'm not as smart as somebody like a Steve Grasso, so I need things to be very, very easy. <laughs> and to me, there's just too many cross currents out there that I would rather look elsewhere in the world. So I'll look over at Asia. You look at Japan breaking out from a 20-year consolidation pattern. They've got the virus relatively under control, probably have more growth. So I don't know what's going to happen in the U.S. There's too many questions for me. I will look elsewhere. Grasso, I guess you set the bar. I'm not sure where, but you set the bar, so I'll go to you on this. <laughs> well, you know what, BK? Admitting it is 50% of the battle, so you're halfway there. <laughs> All right, so with retail, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> retail earnings on deck, we thought it'd be a perfect time to play a little game of... Shop it or drop it! That's right, shop it or drop it. So, um, BK, we will kick things off with you. TJX, shop it or drop it. So TJX, I actually would shop this. And it's really confusing, right? Because as a, as a trader, when you'd shop an order around, you'd want to sell it. But that's not how this game works, apparently. I had Let's to not ask confuse the today. audience. When, shop is green, and that means you that's buy That's what I'm it. trying okay. to do. Thank you. You buy it. Right, right, right. That's what I'm trying to explain the game, because I was confused, again. But TJX. I actually think you buy this one and or shop this one because let's say you do have this kind of, you have a weak consumer, they're going to be the beneficiary of any of the inventory that's being sold off. Not only that, they've actually just crushed it through this whole period of time. And so I want to be in this name. All right. Steve Grasso, what do you say about TJX? I'm going to say drop this one or fade it, but I would say drop this one because of, because of actually everything that BK just said because normally they take all that excess flow or excess inventory from the other stores. I think people are through that. I think people have what they were going to sell. They didn't reorder in bulk. So I don't think there's any real product for TGX. So I would say drop it. All right. Next up is James. And James, are you shopping or dropping Walmart? Walmart is up 49% year to date enough. We know Walmart as one of the biggest, most successful country companies in the country and in history and they got a tailwind from covid we all panic we all flock to the stores um but enough already we've got a beta that's about 0.4 which is weird and this company is not going to continue to grind up so you're dropping it we're dropping it i all forgot right. the key totally dropping it thank you all right bk what do you say you know what i'm gonna shop this one which means i'm gonna buy it I, and the reason why is if we do get another lockdown Walmart basically gets a government-mandated monopoly. It's going to be the only store open. They can weather any storms. And if I look at the chart, there's a lot of momentum in it, so you could get a breakout here. Home Depot would also be immune from a lockdown. It reports on Tuesday, so Victoria, shop it or drop it. 
we are shopping Home Depot. We actually own it in our portfolio. A lot of people are concerned that this housing trade and the housing on its course, but we still think there's a ways to go. You've got mortgage rates at such low extremes. So you've got builders out there. We hear Diana Olick all the time talking about there's not enough inventory. You've got builders going to Home Depot to continue building. We know three families that are in the middle of remodeling their homes right now. So you've got people that aren't moving but doing remodeling. That's a Home Depot customer. We think there's um, some runway for this name. We would add it to your portfolio. So shop it. James, what do you say? Home Depot has got a PE of 25.32. That's 80% bigger uh, than its direct competitors. And so way too expensive. I'm dropping it. Oh, you played it well this time, James. Um, Brian, Brian Kelly, how do you feel about Home Depot these days? I, I mean, that was succinct. I like it. Uh, so can I, can I do a combo? Can I shrop it? Because Home Depot is just basically flatlined here for a bit. And again, I'm not sure if that housing trade is over again. So I don't think we have a graphic for it. But I would be a buyer if it broke its most recent range. Okay. Lastly, L Brands out with results on Wednesday. Steve, shop it or drop it. This is a survival story. This is up 90% year to date. This is Victoria's Secrets. This is uh, Bath and, and Body. This is Pink. A lot of these names BK loves to shop in, but I, I would say right now, this is a turnaround story, or is it a survival in either way, Melissa? This is going to be a shop it for me. I think the chart looks excellent. Above all, it's moving averages. I, I think you're okay in this one, and I know that's counterintuitive to what the market thinks. I hear BK is a fan of the peach mango body scrub, but uh, Victoria, what would you say about L Brands? Well, on L Brands, I mean, regardless of BK's preference on body scrubs, I think we would drop it uh, for this one. I know that talking about the consumer is still strong and we're going into a holiday season, and that could be good for Victoria's Secret and for Pink. However, on the longer-term trade, I think that's going to come down quite a bit, so we would drop it. Yeah. James? There's a real possibility of bankruptcy here, and I love my 17-year-old daughter so much, and she can have anything she wants from there. Uh, but this current companies, uh, some of these companies may not be around when we go through this next phase of pain with retail, so I got to drop it. I feel like I've maligned you, Brian Kelly, by implying or actually stating <laughs> no. just as fact that you enjoy a fruity body scrub. So how do you feel about L Brand? That's that's. <laughs> That is true. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm glad you guys recognize my hygiene. I work very hard at it. And I'm a bit more of a bergamot coriander guy, uh, but that's okay. I'll take a mango for Christmas. Nonetheless, I would drop this name because I've already stocked up on my soaps. Bergamot. The fact that that just rolled off the tip of your tongue. Kudos to you, Brian Kelly. <laughs> Coming up, something we don't say very often these days. It was a seriously strong week for energy stocks. So is there still big opportunity in big oil? We'll bring you the trade. And later, we are digging in on Bitcoin and the boom. And the one chart that shows things are completely different this time around. Fast Money's back in two. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower? 
the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Energy having its best week ever. The energy ETF, the XLE, rallying almost 20% since Monday. But energy is still by far the worst performing S&P sector this year. So after this week's gains, did big oil just turn a big corner? Brian Kelly, what do you say? Well, I think there's a possibility in that, in that, you know, oil, being bullish oil is kind of the ultimate reopening trade where people start flying again and taking cruises again. Uh, So you have that aspect to it. The second part of it is you have the OPEC players that are actually out there saying, hey, we might extend some cuts. We actually might. They don't want it to go back to zero again, clearly. And so I think by being short oil or being bearish on oil, you're really betting against the entire world who wants this asset class or this asset to go higher. Um, so in the sense that if you want to bet on what's going to, what if the spring, what the driving season's going to look like, you could probably start to get into oil and energy stocks at these, at these levels. Victoria, you were once in this trade, and then you said goodbye to it. Why is that? And is it looking good again? You know, I mean, I'm sitting here in Houston, so I, I hate to say anything negative about this sector, but it's not an area that we really want to be in at this point in time. We're still out of um, all energy names at this point. They're having a really hard time earning their cost of capital. They really don't fit in with our investment thesis right now when we're looking at balance sheets for low net debt, for higher margins. They're just not working for us at this point in time. And that's not to, to negate what BK said. It is a reopening trade that we're seeing this week. But instead, we would rather kind of flip it to a different sector and look at utilities and do a name like a Nextera Energy, where you've got a good ESG component, renewable power, along with the Florida power and light component. We think there's other areas you can invest in besides energy. Yeah, James, if you're calling for a 20% pullback, my guess is you're not long energy stocks. We aren't long energy stocks, but we're particularly interested in, as Victoria said, alternative energy. Biden, Biden, Biden. We've got the three names. One of them she mentioned, Nextera, Dominion, mm-hmm. and Duke, up an average of 8% since the election results. This is just a clue of what's coming. $2 trillion planned in green energy. Um, and two most impactful actions would be an opening of offshore wind production and increasing and extending subsidies for this alternative energy space. And as Victoria said, we saw this coming with a tick up in utilities. And if you look at any of the big utility mutual funds or utility ETFs, uh, they're not your old power companies. They're alternative energy plays. Um, and this is a sector and an area that we think will be making money uh, when we come off of that bottom of 20%, which we're calling for. Steve. Yeah, I mean, it, it, here's the one thing. You're not going to get that $2 trillion in uh, alternatives or, or in green energy if the Republicans hold the Senate. So it's, a, it's really a, a, a flip of the coin. But if you, have, if you look at the TAN, T-A-N, which is the solar ETF, it's up 140% year to date. XLE is down 42% or thereabouts year to date. If the Republicans hold the Senate you still buy the XLE and it's going much higher from here. All right, coming up, the Bitcoin bonanza as a cryptocurrency soars to its highest level in years. But we've got one chart that could tell the true story of where it is heading next. And later on Options Action, is the almighty dollar losing some of its might? We've got a trade that could offer some protection against a dollar dip. Keep it right here. Much more Fast Money after this quick break. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? 
Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back. It is time for our chart of the week. Check out the price of Bitcoin rising more than 5% this week to its highest level since early 2018. It is now back above the $16,000 mark. And check out this chart from our friends at ARK Invest. It shows online searches for Bitcoin price plotted against Bitcoin's actual price. You can see the two were in lockstep during the last boom, but this time around searches are way down. That seems like a good thing, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you, you, if you want to interpret that as people are less euphoric at this point in time as they were back in 27, 2018, which would imply that perhaps there's more people out there to, to come in and, and buy Bitcoin, I think that's, that's great for, the, for Bitcoin. I also think there's a different investor class here. Whereas, you know, 2017, you really had a retail investor. Now it's the professional investor. It's the family office, the high net worth, the institutions that are coming in and buying. And they tend to, you know, they've already taken 18 months to do their research. And they do less of their research on Google than they do in-house. <laughs> you mean Paul Tudor Jones doesn't sit there in front of his Google machine and type in Bitcoin price? <laughs> I, I read an article. Should I buy Bitcoin? <laughs> Should I buy Bitcoin? That's what Stan Druckenmiller wrote. Um, in, in, ter- in terms, though, of, of this FOMO, I mean, it was in 2017 at this very time of year, Brian Kelly, Thanksgiving, when people were talking about it at the yeah. Thanksgiving table, then they went on to, to Coinbase and they started accounts and they started buying it. Isn't there such a thing as institutional FOMO as well? And is that not as dangerous? Uh, no, I think it's probably as dangerous. Uh, and there is institutional FOMO. And anybody who's long Bitcoin is probably counting on that institutional FOMO. But what I would say to the folks out there, just remember with Bitcoin, you know, as we go through this bull market, it can have months that are down 20 and 30%. And more than any asset class that I've ever traded, Bitcoin tends to be very euphoric at the top. Investors tend to be very euphoric, whether they're institutional retail and very depressed at the bottoms. And so just be aware of that as we approach highs, you know, when Bitcoin's down, we say it's had the worst week in a, in a year, that's probably one you wanna get bullish. James, quickly, are you feeling the, the Bitcoin FOMO yourself? No, I uh, I wrote a book on this space, and so I have some credibility to talk about it. Oh, but, uh, another baller on our panel. Experts should be, uh, you know, <laughs> PayPal announced just yesterday that they're going to bring out 26 million merchants uh, to allow them to do crypto payments in Q1 2021. That's very bullish to this. Uh, to echo the previous sentiment, so this is not an asset class that you should try to manage yourself. There's a company out there called Bitwise. It offers an index fund for crypto run by a genius. Matt Hogan just got put in at CIO. Uh, that's where you want to go with an index approach to this whole space. But PayPal in it, 
I think there's a lot of upside ahead. All right, time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Steve Grosso. All right, I'm going to go with Sonos. It's been uh, it's it's been a holding of mine for quite some time. They're a category leader. Sales are trending in the right direction. They're uh, basically they create free cash flow. I think going forward, the next quarter or so, you're going to see you're going to see them really hit the cover off the ball. This one's going up about 20%, Melissa. James McDonald. Tech is at the bottom of the performance board last week, last month. All you. Victoria Fernandez. Apple. Brian Kelly. Look east. Look at Japan. EWJ. I like that one. That does it for us. Don't go anywhere. Options Action's up next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.